Good morning, guys. Welcome to Reload. How's everyone doing this morning? It's an awesome day. Welcome. Say, how many first-timers, you're here for the first time at Reload, would you be bold enough to raise your hand? Awesome. Welcome, guys. And then back at the table here. Well, guys, we've got here what we call the Reload Challenge. Um, come back four times total, uh, three more times for you guys that are here for the first time. And we've got a special gift for you. Do we have any men that have met the Reload Challenge that have not yet gotten their Reload Journal? Any Reload winners? We've got one. Come on down. It's Andrew from way in the back. Andrew, congrats. Congratulations, you made it four weeks. Awesome. Way to go, Andrew. Well, guys, Reload is about um, equipping men to change the world. That happens one man at a time, one family at a time, and that's what we're about. And if you'd like to support financially Reload, the breakfast is free, but if you'd like to invest what God is doing through this ministry, we want to encourage you to give there's three different ways you can give. They're on the screen there. And I'd like to go ahead and pray as we receive the offering this morning. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to give and to partner with you in what you're doing in this world, what you're doing in our lives, our families' lives. God, we pray that you would multiply the seed in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, before we uh, move into worship, I've j got just a couple announcements here. We've got a ministry that we launched just about 30 years ago. I think it was a little bit more than 30 years ago. It's a storefront ministry on South Division called Streetlight, and it just produces a lot of fruit ministering to the people that are homeless and the people that um, are downtown there and live in that area. And uh, we've got a golf outing coming up for you golfers. Um, it's coming up July 29th. It's on a Saturday. And we've got some brochures at the table in the back there as you come in. Um, but if you'd like to be part of that, we want to encourage you to support that ministry um, in that way. Also, Walking by Faith Ministry has what they call a clay shoot, and that's August 29th. More information is going to be following, but uh, this is like save the date, mark your calendars. If you'd like to be part of supporting that television ministry that Pastor Dwayne does, uh, that goes out around the world. And then um, also we have an opportunity to, um, oh, dudes and donuts. I don't want to forget about that. But July 4th actually falls on a Tuesday this year. And so the building is closed technically. And so we did this last year. We met in the parking lot and uh, just had some donuts and a little worship and a little conversation. But that's going to be right out in the parking lot here. So guys, join me as we move into worship this morning. And also, I want to mention that we have Brother Abraham here all the way from India. And uh, he's going to come up and give a message after worship here. And uh, let's stand to our feet and worship the King.
you guys on this next song, and it's Echo. When we get to the chorus, we're going to sing, we proclaim, we want you guys to sing really loud in Jesus' name. We'll say, walls fall down. Oh, come on, you guys can do it. Walls fall down. All right. Thank you. 
Father, we just thank you for who you are. Father, we choose right now to rest in your presence, to come spend time with you. We recognize, Jesus, that our victory isn't out of the effort that we put forth, but our victory is out of the fact that you provide it. So we choose right now, as men, to surrender to you. Father, I pray over every man here, Lord, I pray that we would choose to get our identity from who you say that we are, from not the accomplishments that we achieve in life, but from who you are. Not from our title or our status, but from who you are. So Jesus, we just thank you. And we'll pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. We'll go ahead, say hi to the men at your table, maybe the table next to you, and then grab a seat. All right, all right. Well, good morning, men. It's great to have you here for Men's Ministry Tuesday morning, starting the day off right in Jesus' name. Come on, getting it going. Hopefully you've been filled up with some physical food. We're excited this morning. Again, we've got Brother Abraham coming. He's going to be sharing an awesome word. I don't want to take up too much time, so uh, we're going to be hearing from him. And as we do, as we get ready for him, he's got a quick update video. Can you guys check this out? Hey, dear friends, this is your friend, Pastor Abraham, talking to you all the way from India. Here is me, a 70-year-old man, sharing with you the vision that God has fulfilled, the dream that has been fulfilled by God in my life. I'm going back as a 21-year-old young man starting the ministry, just on the roadside, but a big dream. I've always been a dreamer in my life. And I always tell the people even today, when you dream, you always should dream big. And I dreamt so many things in my life. And today, I am thankful to God that whatever dream that I had, God has made it to happen in my life. Right from the small ones, I wanted to have a thousand churches. When I was living on the streets with nothing, wandering around the streets, walking 15, 20 miles, no food to eat, nowhere to go, sleeping in front of the shops, but I dreamt for a thousand churches. It's ambitious, but it's a good thing. And what happened? God fulfilled that dream. In 2004, I established to 1,000 churches. Dreams continue on. I wanted more because I wanted to see the kingdom of God established in the nation of India. 1,000 to 2,000, 4,000, 
Today, we've got more than 4,700 churches right across the nation of India and so many other things, orphanages and Bible schools and schools. And I continue dreaming. And here I am, almost 50 years later. You know, some of you are not even born when I started my ministry. And today I'm standing before you because one of the, my biggest dreams have come to pass. And I want to celebrate this dream with you because God's faithfulness of bringing my biggest dream, maybe the biggest one yet, to come to pass in my life. And you are playing a, such a big part on that. And your prayers, your giving, your friendship, it has made this to happen, my dear friends. And I'm standing before you here. We were able to build one of the biggest schools in the greatest city of New Delhi. It happened. Dream coming true. And you are very much a part of it. Talking about the dream being fulfilled? Well, let me show you what the Lord has done in our life. Come with me, please. Here it is, my dear friends. Bethesda Christian Academy. The dream coming true. The flagship of all our schools that we have got. One of the best schools that have come up because of your commitment and my prayer. It has happened. Look what the Lord has done for us in this capital city of Delhi. Friends, the motto of our schools, Bethesda Christian Academy, is the truth shall set you free. That's not only the motto, it's our vision to bring the only truth, Jesus Christ, into the lives of the people. And that's what we do. And the greatest joy for me today is to let you know that this school, in the next two, three years, is going to get to a place where they will be able to raise up the finance, almost 50% of the financial needs we have for our ministry, God's faithfulness, and thanking you and the church for standing with us to be able to complete the dream that God has given to me. But this is not my retirement video. I'm 70 years old, but I'm not done. We've got a long way to go. More churches to be established, more schools to be established, more work to continue on, orphans to be taken care of, and the needs continue on. And you have stood with us. You've been so generous and gentle with us. I need you. Well, what do you think? You thought it's over? No, Pastor Abraham is not finished that easily. The dream continues on, my dear friends, and look, here is the second phase of the Bethesda Christian Academy. How did that come to place? Because of you. It's almost finished. And look at how majestic it is looking. And we think of you. I'm standing inside the auditorium of the second wing of our school, Bethesda Christian Academy. Well, this is not only a school auditorium, but this has become the worship place 
for our church in Delhi. You talk about God's timing. 42 years of waiting, my dear friends, carrying all the stuff up and down in a rented place. But finally, we have found a home. You all together made it to happen. And for the last one month, we are worshiping in this place. Thank you for making that happen for us. God bless you. get excited every time when I see the video. We didn't show it for you. I just wanted to see it for myself. <laughs> it's just, uh, just as I said, it's a dream coming true in my life. Somebody was asking me how long you have been coming uh, to this church. So it's almost 25 years. I've been coming to, to this Beginner's Life Church here in Granville, and uh, I still remember, you know, my friend brought me and introduced me to the church here, and Pastor Dwayne finally said, okay, you can speak to me, speak to our people, you know, on a Wednesday evening. He doesn't stay here, I don't know what he does now in those days, he goes around to preach on Wednesdays. He's not here in the church. So Pastor Bobby was there in charge of it. So I spoke and I left. I received a letter from Pastor Dwayne saying, I got some good report from you and we are pleased and we would like to support you and with $100 a month. So that's where it all began. And uh, 25 years later, I'm standing here. It is not $100 anymore because uh, I don't let go of the people who stand with me. And uh, so the church has been very generous. And uh, when I say, some of you may not know this church, when I'm just sharing this video, the purpose was to say thank you to this church, which you're a part of it how this church has played such an important role to achieve that goal, you know? And uh, somebody was asking me, maybe he just said it for fun. Maybe we said, uh, you know, Michigan should be your favorite place. I said, how do you know? Yes, you know? Because almost all the money for that project was raised from the churches from this state. Wow. People have given and given and uh, they have made it to happen. And as you heard me saying that, why a school? Why so much of money? Why such a nice building? Because we are in the city of New Delhi, all the buildings, all the schools are good looking buildings and we are competing with them. The reason for a school in the city is that I have got nine schools apart from this. For that, those schools I need to pay I have to subsidize all the time. So that's not a good deal as well as money is concerned. But when you have a school here in the city of Delhi and uh, the people pay, 
people have got money, they send the children to the private schools. And uh, when this school is up and running, maybe a time we, when we have about 1,500 students, we can take up to uh, 2,000 students, not in that building, that'll go another two floors in the coming days. And that'll give us 50% of all our financial needs we have for the ministry. The reason is the government is all bent upon stopping the foreign funds coming into the country. And uh, because we need to have a license so that we can receive funds. If we don't have the license, the bank will not take your money. So they wanted to stop it. They don't want to stop Christianity. And they are trying everything possible. They want to wipe out Christianity from the nation of India. And uh, so we are trying to find some funds within the country so that we can continue on. You heard me saying we've got 4,700 churches. When I was here 25 years ago, maybe we had 300 churches maybe. So that has grown. That keeps growing. My vision, as I mentioned, you know, I'm a dreamer. I keep on dreaming. And I'm t telling myself, before I hang my shoes, I want to have 10,000 churches in India. So that's my desire. Well, what's wrong with that? So I said, well, God is happy. And I am happy, so that makes it good. And um, so, and we have got 17 orphanages. We have got, uh, you know, 14 Bible colleges. We have 80 sewing schools for destitute women. Uh, nine schools and all these ministries go on and uh, support of this church is so essential and so important for us. Amen. And we've got so many needs that are there and I share this with you every time when I come and I said to Pastor Tom, I said, I need the journal. I've been coming here for more than four times, you know. <laughs> so, so I... I said, I need to have one. And uh, so, and uh, so we, you know, we need about 375 bicycles. Why? The pastors go around, they are supposed to go around the surrounding villages to share the gospel. So they walk 15, 20 miles, 120 degrees. You know, I'm just wearing this sweater because I'm cold. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, what's wrong with these guys? Don't they get cold? They're all wearing just T-shirts, you know? And uh, so they walk. And we try to buy them a bicycle. They're not asking for a car. $100 will change their life, will change their ministry. We can buy a bicycle with $100 in India. Don't bring a bicycle from here and say, take it with you. You know, it'll cost more money to take it. Then buying one, plus your nuts and bolts are so different, it won't fit. Our people, you know, uh, our gadgets will not work with an American, even the tires we can't buy from there. So we are praying. So this trip, people have given me money to buy 40 bicycles. Uh, yesterday I was there in Big Rapids, so maybe some five bicycles came in yesterday. So we are going down. And every time when I get a bicycle, somebody is going to be excited when I get back to India. You know, that's how it is. 
And so, just ask yourself how you can make a difference. You're walking away from me? I wanted somebody to speak anyway. I'm Good. Okay, you all know who I am. I'm Pastor Bernie. I'm the CFO pastor of the church here. We have been supporting Brother Abraham for 25 years. We are the single largest supporting church for uh, their ministry. Yes. And uh, he needs 300 bicycles, 100 bucks a piece. And I think we can get 100 bicycles out of this room right now. I think we can get 100 bicycles out of this room right now. You have to understand, when a guy has to walk 25, 15 to 25 miles every time he has to minister, you give him a bike, he's going to be a lot more efficient. So that's what we're dealing with. This guy's walking 15 to 25 miles so he can minister. Not Brother Abraham. He already has a car. Okay? I'm talking the other guys. And we know these people. Uh, Merle's been there, okay? Um, Pastor Dwayne's been there. It's, it's a huge country. And uh, we need, I think we can raise 100 bicycles out of this room. All it means is a $100 bill. And uh, so I'm not asking right now. He's already got his money out, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying whatever... I'm not asking for it right now. I appreciate your eagerness, and I'm with you, okay? But I'm just, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, get up there and strike while the iron's hot. So that's why I just kind of interrupted him and did this. You can give it to Res Life and just put India Bikes or in the other thing. Just go ahead and do it that way. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on the website. You can put it in an envelope. Just say India Bikes, and uh, we'll give all the money to him. Don't worry. I didn't think that was that easy. <laughs> I'm saying, would you please buy me one bicycle? I needed Bernie. I should take him with me for the fundraising. You know? And uh, so God has been so good to us. Now let me tell you one, sh one small miracle before I share with you a little thought. And, uh, you know, when we were building the school and uh, we were getting ready to put the floor, so we were, we were for the flooring, we were thinking, what should we do? And we thought we will buy the cheapest tiles possible, and we'll put it on, and that'll be great. And I was in the construction site. A man came in, and he looked at me, and he said, what are you doing here? What is this big building? I said, we're building a school. He said, oh, so what floors are you going to put it here? I said, we are looking for the cheapest tiles possible. And he said, well, I am... Uh, uh, having a business of selling marbles and granite. Well, I said, you are in the wrong place. We don't need you. So he said, you know, no, I, I, was, I was walking along the road. He's a Hindu man, by the way. Sometimes, you know, God speaks to the Hindu men more than us, you know. It's a pity. That's how it works. And anyway, he said, I wanted to make a deal with you. I said, okay, what do you want? He said, you go and find out the price of the cheapest tiles in the city and get back to me. And I'll pay you, I'll, I will give you that, that granite for the same price that you'll be buying the tiles. 
I said, you are joking. He said, no, I'm serious. And I, I have introduced myself that I'm a priest and, you know, we pray for the people. So you just pray for my business. It will be okay. And anyway, to cut short the story, truckloads of granite came. I don't know whether you watched it. If you would have seen on the video, you would have seen it. It, uh, you know, 40,000 square feet of granite in our building. Can you imagine that? And uh, then I found out that we are the only school that has got granite floors in the whole country of India. Here we go. Amen. God is a good God. And uh, so the work continues on. You heard from Pastor Bernie that this church is the largest regular supporters of our ministry every month after month, and I come and bother them. I go to the board meeting every time, and they're petrified to see me. Here he comes again. What has he got under his sleeves? And then I will sit there and say, without any shame, I'll say, I need a raise, please, because we are growing, we need help. And uh, God has been good to us. Thank you so much for the hands that wind up. Thank you, and I promise you that that pastor will be praying for the rest of his life. That's a good deal for $100, you know, for what you've done for them, so making such a big change. Amen? I was just going to speak, and uh, I was thinking, you know, something I should share. And uh, my friend was sitting on, around the table, and he said to me, well, I remember what you preached last year. And he said he spoke from blind Bartimaeus. And I said, oh, my God, what's wrong with these guys? I want to preach the same message again. <laughs> and he just reminded me that, oh, we got it. So I have to say something else now. Right? <laughs> well, I got about 13 minutes. That should be good enough for me. So let me read a message, a, a verse for you, and quickly share with you a thought for you to take back home. It is in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 9. Don't worry where it is. I'll just read it and you trust me, okay? Ecclesiastes, chapter 9. I'm going to read verse 11. Very interesting verse. Really challenged me. And I thought that it was written by mistake when I read it. So you listen to this. And he says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. That's wrong. The race is for the swift. Isn't that, don't you think? He says, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. We don't take weak people to be soldiers. We take strong men. But it says, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. All these things sounds wrong. Why, why are you writing this? Is it a, a verse that was written by mistake? You know, just mention things that doesn't mean anything? It says the race is not to the swift. I wanted to know only a very small percentage 
or the very few people in this world will fit into these categories. Who runs the race? We will all sit there and watch and clap our hands, but there's only a few who have trained themselves and they will run. It's for the swift, the fastest man on the track. That's what we say. But here it says, but the race is not for the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding. Everybody cannot make money. People who have got their, you know, sharp mind, they make the money. We just get it from them. And uh, nor favor to men of skill. And I'm thinking, why? Why is the Lord giving this word for us? Because I believe that most of the people, most of us don't fit into this category of being great achievers. Can't be the greatest runners. Can't be the greatest soldiers. Can't be the men who can make the money, the great business, and the people who are finding favor. That's only very small percentage, a small few of us. But we are not among the few. We are among the largest portion of the people. We are among the people who don't fit in. We always wondered I could run like him. I could have been strong like him. I could be a businessman like him. I could be like somebody who can have a favor. That's what we think. Then why is the words telling this that it's not for these people? Then for whom? And in the same words, at the, at the bottom of it, it says, but time and chance happen to them all. So that is the secret of this verse. God is saying, don't think that you have missed out on everything. We always feel like that. Why not me? Why am I not capable? Why am I not strong enough? Why am I not fast enough? Why am I not understanding and wise enough? All these questions coming to us and the Lord is saying to us, you may not be among the very few that many times you wish to be one. But the Lord says, but this is my plan. He says, time and chance, I will give it to everyone. That means, he has got a plan for every one of us. Though we do not fit into this category, though we may not be swift to run, we may not be strong enough, we may not be wise enough or clever enough, God says, don't worry. I understand that you are not in the minority. I understand that you are not among the elite. I understand that you are among the commons. I understand you're among the people who are not able to. But God says, don't you worry. I have a time for you. And I'll give you an equal chance in your life. The good news I want to share with you today is our God is not a God of respect of person. Before his eyes, every one of us are very precious. Amen. I always look at myself and I say, if I could get to from, you saw me walking around through the rail, railroads and, and on the streets with a, with a shoulder bag hanging and a megaphone in my hand, 
wandering around, what on earth is going to happen through my life? I never thought that one day at the age of 70 years old, I'll be one of the well-sought national leaders in the nation of India. You know, politicians and, and leaders of the government wanting to have time with me. You know, there are things that have happened. And you know how it happened? Because I was not among the few, but I was among the ones that God said, I will give you a chance. And what should I do? Trust in him. Look up to him. And the Lord will do great things for us. Amen? As a very typical story in the book of Esther. And she was an orphan girl. Brought into her uncle Mordecai's house. There she was. She has got no hope. She has no future. There's nothing there for her. There she is. Introverted. Living a lonely life of hopelessness. Not hoping for anything. There's no future. There's no tomorrow for her. Maybe Mordecai had other children. We do not know. But she knew that she was not one of them. She knew that she had no father or mother, no future. And there she was, just drifting along in her life, a young lady. She's not one of the elite. She's not one of the best. She's an orphan girl who nobody cares. There she was in the house. Until one day, I've got five minutes. Until one day, a chariot came. The chariot stops and the officer gets out of the chariot. And he says, we are looking for a young girl by name Esther. No, sir, you are mistaken. Not Esther, there are other girls in the house. You are talking about that orphan child? You are talking about the one who has got no hope? The one who is sitting in the corner, lonely all the time, you're talking about her? Yes, we're looking for her. Why? Because the king wants her. Can you imagine that, my dear friends? The king is looking for Esther. What for? You're going to find a queen for him. And she has been chosen as one of the virgins, taken to the palace. Because the king wanted to check out who could be his, his queen. And they got her all dressed up with the best dress they could find. And they put her in the chariot. That was the beginning of a new chapter in her life. Amen. From the place of loneliness. From the place of being an orphan. With no future, nothing. So bleak outside. One day, the king sent the chariot. And we know the story. She became the queen. Not only she was brought from the house, she was taken to the palace where they were preparing those women to be presented before the king. And many of the women went, but they went back. But when Esther went in, the king said, I want you to be my queen. And she became the queen of the country. Who thought that? Whoever dreamt of that? 
And this is how I wanted to finish my message with a, a message of hope. Friends, never ever think that you are no good. Never ever say to yourself, he is better than me. Never say that I can never make it in my life. I've come from all the way from India to give you this little message to tell you if Abraham could make it, everybody sitting in that room can make it 10 times. Amen? How did that happen? Because one day, the chariot came and stood in front of the house. And let me finish up my, my message. And don't you ever remember this next time when I come, okay? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I want to encourage you with these words. Even in the middle of all this, good for nothing, no good, everybody else is better than me, everybody else is cleverer than me, stronger than me, swifter than me. But I want you to know the chariot is coming. Amen? One day the chariot will come and stand and they'll be saying, hey, I'm looking for this man. I'm looking for him. No, I'm no good. But that's my problem, the king says. king says, I'm looking for you. Come along. And I want to make you the queen of the country. I want to make you something that you'll ever, never, ever dream of in your life. Friends, never give up on yourself. Never put you down. Never think that God cannot use you. And this message is for you, just for you alone, to say, the chariot is on its way. And the chariot will come and stand before you. And they will call out and say, come along. Because there's a better future. You know how? The only reason is God is in it. Amen? May God bless you all. All right. Anyone ready to go do some amazing things today? <laughs> I didn't know you could fit a message like that in 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, before, before we do anything, um, there's two powerful things that are equally as powerful that we can do as men for Brother Abraham. One of them is we can give financially, and there are a couple ways you can do that up on the screen. Um, we're also going to just put up some buckets uh, Pastor Carson is bringing up buckets to put on the stage. So if you if you want to just put it in there, we'll get it all together. We'll give it to him. We're going to buy some bicycles today, amen. The second thing we can do is we can pray. So, uh, Brother Abraham, can we pray for you? Would you mind? Would you mind? Would, can everyone stand up? Uh, Pastor Merle, I'm going to ask. Would you pray for? Would you pray for him? For us, um, I'm going to invite. If you want to come up and lay your hands on him, we're just going to we're going to cover him in prayer. Amen. Lord, we thank you that it's in you that we live and move and have our being. And God, we lay our hands on Abraham. And God, we pray that you anoint him, that you open doors for him, that you go before him, that God, you reveal Jesus to the people that they minister to. God, we pray that you'd supply the needs of every pastor, of every orphan, of every school child. And God, we pray that all these Hindu kids that come to school, 
that they would find Jesus, that you would open the eyes of their understanding, Lord, and that there be multitude, multitude of salvations, and that they would bring even the message home to their families. God, it's an open door through these kids to get to their families to reveal Jesus to them. And God, we pray that supernaturally you'd supply their needs financially, spiritually, physically. God, we pray that you, in the middle of their persecution, with pastors in jail for no reason, under false accusations, God, that you would release them. And God, we pray that you would push back the darkness, God, and we pray that you would even turn the heart of their leaders, Lord, towards you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Brother Abraham, I feel like I have a, a word for you. Um, and, and I know this is you, but God is a God that likes to surprise in amazing ways. And don't be surprised when God does surprising things. Come on. Amen, amen. Come on. God's good, right? <clears throat> All right. Well, hey, it's 730. Um, next week, we're going to be diving in, talking about Brother Abraham's message uh I, I don't know I'm walking out of here thinking uh thinking what is God calling me to do I don't know about you but I think next week we're gonna dive into to what God's calling us to do and how he's doing amazing things through us and this idea that he's gonna surprise all of us in amazing ways uh so if you can go ahead and stand up I'm gonna pray a blessing over us as we dive into the to our Tuesday and into the rest of the week father I pray over us as men, I pray that we'll be men for you and for your kingdom. Father, I pray that we would walk out of here taking your kingdom into this world. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in us and what you're doing through us. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. 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 We'll see you guys.